0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold standard on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to the Dustin Gold. Standard standard uh, folks i can take all this stuff and edit it up into creepy little videos with sci-fi music but is not the uh the real information is that not creepy enough i mean we're sitting here breaking it down i want you to understand that it's real it's here It's right in front of us. They're not hiding it. So I don't have to make it like a creepy sci-fi thriller and put all kinds of creepy music to it. The World Economic Forum is rising into power. But we don't have to do all that because we have to break this stuff down. I think part of the disconnect and part of the reason why folks get called conspiracy theorists is because when you edit those things and you put them together and you make them creepier... Uh, then, then people that are that are like normies, they see it and they go, oh, this is some conspiracy theory. But when you're actually presenting the information in the way that it's written, and the way that it's reported on, the way the government websites have it, you know, we're not trying to uh, make it all theatrical here. I mean, this stuff is real. I think if you follow the show for the last 113 episodes, you have a pretty solid understanding of what the world actually is. And uh, people are just not explaining it properly. This is it. This is the world. All right, I'm over here at gulfnews.com. And this says this is important because we heard Bo Lee, the deputy managing director of the International Monetary Fund, talk about how they're going to utilize central bank digital currency. To track everyone's purchases down to a cup of coffee, when you bought it, where you bought it, what kind of coffee it is. And then that will be sent up to a database, and that data will be brokered by the central banks that claim to be part of the public sector government the state and they're going to sell that information or give that information to the so-called private sector partners and that's what they're going to get in return for lending their infrastructure and for distributing central bank digital currency and they could run real-time credit scores on you and that's how they're going to sell it back to you that well if you do a good job if you're a great consumer then we can get you uh, loans in real time without having to go into the bank and meet anybody. We can just run a real-time credit score on you. You're being tracked, folks. This is uh, moving forward into what China's social score system is. China's not standalone. I'm going to do research into that and show you all the U.S. companies that are working with China, uh, like Consensus, to build the social score system. It's a test pilot, folks, for the rest of the world. It's what all this stuff is. That's what Indonesia is doing with the CBDC, the cross-border testing going on with Hong Kong and Thailand, China. This is all tested uh, for the world. This says here, a uh, United Arab Emirates Residents and Businesses Credit Score expanded to include salary utility payments. Uh, Al... ETHOD Credit Bureau expands scope of credit score coverage from 70% to 90%. And this is written in May 2022. It says right here, uh, more than 90% of individuals and businesses in the UAE will be covered by credit scores under a new calculation introduced by Al ETHOD Credit Bureau. There are 13 million individuals and businesses registered under the UAE credit score entity. Earlier, the credit score extended to 70% of those registered and which will now be raised to 90%. Quote, 30% of the individuals and companies listed in the UECB credit registry were non-scorable due to lack of borrowing history, end quote, said Marwan Lutfi, CEO of Al Ethad Credit Bureau. Quote, while credit information was always traditionally linked to banking obligations, individuals and companies unknowingly start building their credit history when making payments to non-banking institutions. Therefore, AECB improved its credit scoring models to use alternative data to compute credit scores for those with no banking credit history, end quote. See, so you're going to be pulled into the system whether you want to be in the system or not. This is how you take the people who do not want to be banked the so-called unbanked and move them over to bank, because now you're part of the credit system, whether you didn't want to be part of the credit system or not. It says the alternative additional data introduced in the credit score calculation uses monthly salary history, check clearance history, telecom monthly bill payment history, and water and electricity monthly bill payment history to generate a credit score. As a result, a broader number of individuals and companies in the UAE will automatically have a credit history. So ha <laughs> ha. Whether you wanted it or not, you're in it now, folks. And I'm doing some research on this to see how this is going to tie into moving them forward into social credit scores. Because now they're tracking all of the bills that you're paying. All right. And then finally here, before we get into the uh, are we ready for a new world order, I just want to show you this article at Reuters.com. And this is from October 2022, not even two months ago. It says UAE Central Bank pilots C Bank digital currencies transactions. And it says Dubai. Uh, October 26, the Central Bank of the United Arab Emirates, CBUAE, said on Wednesday it has completed the world's largest pilot of central bank digital currency transactions with other regulators, including the People's Bank of China's Digital Currency Institute. So you got the People's Bank of China, that's their central bank, working with the central bank of the UAE, the United Arab Emirates on uh, cross-border CBDCs. It says, quote, The Project Enbridge, that's what uh, is coming out of the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub, and we got to see the head of that, Cecilia Skingsley, In the International Monetary Fund panel discussion we reviewed over the last three episodes, says, quote, The Project Enbridge demonstrated faster, cost-effective, and secure cross-border monetary settlements using central bank money identified as a G20 economic priority, end quote, CBUAE said, adding it would be positive for regional and international trade as well as participating entities. The pilot was part of the Project Mbridge, which experiments with cross-border payments using a common platform based on distributed ledger technology, which central banks can use to issue and exchange CBDCs. Central banks around the world have been racing to develop CBDCs as they seek to provide an alternative to cryptocurrencies but are grappling with technological complexities. Roughly 100 countries representing 95% of the world's GDP are using or looking into CBDCs, according to the Atlantic Council. We covered that. We showed you their uh, map. You can go there and you can take a look at that if you want to see all the countries that are looking for it. Just look for Atlantic Council. Uh, cbdc map it says earlier this month financial messaging system swift laid out its blueprint for a global central bank digital currency network following an eight-month experiment on different technologies and currencies cbuae's six-week pilot project was conducted with the hong kong monetary authority the bank of thailand the digital currency institute of the people's bank of china and the bank for international settlements the pilot saw commercial banks in four jurisdictions use Enbridge for 160 payment and foreign exchange transactions, totaling more than 80 million dirhams. That's $21.78 million. Khalad Mohammed Balama, CBUAE's governor, said in the statement, the project is part of CBUAE's plan to, quote, support UAE competitiveness, diversity, and growth of the financial sector in line with future economic trends, end quote. He added the central bank would continue to set up, quote, the right governance framework for interoperable CBDCs to deliver tangible benefits to UAE companies and consumers, end quote. All right, folks. So as you can see here, uh, I wanted to cover that because we're moving into the... uh, discussion here on the new world order coming out of the world government summit which is a dubai organization affiliated with the world economic forum and so i think you'd want to know where dubai stands right in the world of technocracy before we listen to a panel discussion hosted by uh, dubai and The United Arab Emirates, right? So now we know who they are. We know that the Arabs with the robes are not primitive folks. They are moving into the technocracy at warp speed at a faster pace than many others. So now let me introduce you to the people we'll be hearing from on this panel titled, Are We Ready for a New World Order? So we're going to start off with Becky Anderson. We're just going to call her Becky Becky Anderson, known as Becky, is a British journalist and the anchor of CNN International's flagship news and current affairs primetime news program, Connect the World. She previously hosted Business International. So we have Becky from CNN. She was born in England. She holds a bachelor's degree in economics and French from the University of Sussex and a master's degree in mass communication from Arizona State University. She worked for Bloomberg, CNBC, and joined cnn in 1999 all right so that's who is hosting this panel discussion then we have anwar gargash so we'll have to call him anwar gargash and this gentleman his excellency uh dr anwar mohammed gargash is recognized as one of the main public voices of the uae the united arab emirates government although he first attracted international attention in 2006 when as chairman of the national elections committee he oversaw the uae's first elections he has long enjoyed a multifaceted prominence in his own nation He served as professor of political science at UAE National University, achieving a public reputation as a respected intellectual and proponent of greater political participation for the UAE. In 2006, he was appointed Minister of State for Federal National Council Affairs, the FNC, not the Fox News Channel, that is the Federal National Council. Two years later, he was named Minister of State for Foreign Affairs. As chair of the National Elections Committee, Dr. Gargash created an information technology team that established the first e-voting system in the Middle East to carry out the initial election for seats in the FNC. E-voting, there we go. He loves technology. The election signaled that the UAE has joined other Gulf Arab countries in introducing the electoral process to its political system and garnered global respect for Dr. Gargash. Dr. Gargash continues to help shape the UAE's political and economic future by serving as chair of several government entities, including the National Committee to Combat Human Trafficking. (laughs) Yeah, right. And the boards of trustees of the Dubai School of Government and the AI Awis Culture Foundation. All right, so this is him. Yeah, he's all about uh, stopping human trafficking. I'm sure of that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Next up, we're going to have Frederick Gargash. Kemp, and this is over here at AtlanticCouncil.org. This guy was mentored by Henry Kissinger. So, Frederick uh, Kemp, he is the president and the CEO of the Atlantic Council. Uh, Frederick Kemp is the President and Chief Executive Order of the Atlantic Council. uh, The Executive Order, Executive Officer of the Atlantic Council. Under his leadership since 2007, the Council has achieved historic industry leading growth in size and influence, expanding its work through regional centers spanning the globe and through centers focused on topics ranging from international security and energy to global trade and next generation mentorship. Before joining the Council, Kemp was a prize winning editor editor and reporter at the Wall Street Journal for more than 25 years. In New York he served as assistant managing editor international and columnist. Prior to that, he was the longest serving editor and associate publisher ever of the Wall Street Journal Europe, running the global Wall Street Journal's editorial operations in Europe and the Middle East. In 2002, the European Voice, a leading publication following EU affairs, selected Kemp as one of the 50 most influential Europeans as one of the four leading journalists in Europe. At the Wall Street Journal, he served as a roving correspondent based out of London, as a Vienna bureau chief covering Eastern Europe and East West affairs, as chief diplomatic correspondent in Washington, D.C., and as the paper's first Berlin bureau chief following the unification of Germany and collapse of the Soviet Union. Ladies and gentlemen, more on Frederick Kemp when we get back from this short break and then we're going to watch this panel discussion on the New World Order. Apparently these folks, these high-ranking elitists are in fact conspiracy theorists. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. Join the discussion at TV slash Gold. you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold welcome back to pain.tv slash gold and you are listening to the dust and gold standard folks know thy enemy there are many of them they're surrounding us they are everywhere i mean on this show what have we covered in the last 113 episodes maybe 50 people 60 people there are so many so many tens of thousands of these folks if not more goes on to say here on Frederick Kemp as a reporter, he covered events including the rise of solidarity in Poland and the growing Eastern European resistance to Soviet rule. The coming to power uh, Mikhail Gorbachev in Russia and his summit meetings with President Ronald Reagan. The wars in Afghanistan, Iraq and Lebanon in the 1980s and the American Invasion of Panama. He also covered the unification of Germany and the collapse of Soviet communism. He is the author of four books, the most recent, Berlin, 1961, Kennedy, Khrushchev, and The Most Dangerous Place on Earth, was a New York Times bestseller and a national bestseller. Published in 2011, it has subsequently been translated into 13 different languages. Kemp is a graduate of the University of Utah and has a master's degree from Columbia University's Graduate School of Journalism, where he was a member of the International Fellows Program in the School of International Affairs. He won the Columbia Graduate School of Journalism's Top Alumni Achievement Award and the University of Utah's Distinguished Alumnus Award. He's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, no big surprise there, and gender champions in nuclear policy. For his commitment to strengthening the transatlantic alliance, Kemp has been decorated by the presidents of Poland and Germany, and by King Karl the 20 the 16th. <laughs> uh, Gustav of Sweden. So that's uh, Frederick Kemp for you. Uh, next up, ladies and gentlemen on this panel on uh, the New World Order, we have George Friedman. He is Hungarian, born in 1949. He's a Hungarian-born U.S. geopolitical forecaster, author, and strategist on international affairs. He is the founder and chairman of Geopolitical Futures, an online publication that analyzes and forecasts the course of global events. Prior to founding Geopolitical Futures, he was chairman of its predecessor, uh, Straffer the private intelligence publishing and consulting firm he founded in 1996 okay this is interesting so Frederick, we're going to call him fred and uh george we're going to call him george now i'm just going to give you a little sidebar piece of intelligence here because i just find it to be interesting i happen to know a lot of little stories so straffer Um, there's a gentleman from Stratford and I don't have his name, uh, in front of me, folks, but he was in the email chain, the famous email chain of Barack Obama ordering like $60,000 worth of hot dogs and pizza at the white house. A high ranking official from Stratford was actually on that email chain that came out from WikiLeaks. Straffer is also tied into old Alex Jones over there. No, they're not. I know nothing about Straffer. I'm just over here selling bone broth and penis pills. Uh, No, um, Alex Jones and many people working at InfoWars that actually were tied to Straffer. Interesting. Just a side note there. I find it to be funny. So this guy is the chairman of its predecessor, Stratford, the private intelligence publishing and consulting firm he founded in 1996. One day we'll cover Stratford. Uh, it says Friedman was born in Budapest, Hungary, in 1949 to Jewish parents who survived the Holocaust. His family fled Hungary when he was a child to escape the communist regime as refugees, selling first in a, uh, settling first in a camp for displaced persons in Austria and then emigrating to the United States. Friedman describes his family's story as a very classic story of refugees making a new life in America. He grew up in New York City. Friedman received a B.A. at the City College of New York, where he majored in political science and a Ph.D. in government and Cornell University. Let's take a look at his career. This is going to be interesting because... The guy uh, has a history here of fleeing the fascists and the communists. And yet we'll see on this panel if he is advocating for a new world order, (laughs) which would be uh, quite interesting. It says after the collapse of the Soviet Union, he studied potential... uh, for a Japan-U.S. conflict that co-authored with his wife, The Coming War with Japan, in 1991. In 1996, Friedman founded Straffer, a private intelligence and forecasting company, and served as the company's CEO and chief intelligence officer. Strafford's head of office is in Austin, Texas. He resigned from Strafford in May 2015. That year, he co-founded Geopolitical Futures. So, uh, Austin is where you've got Joe Rogan and... Alex Jones, and the rest of them. It says, Friedman's reputation as a forecaster of geopolitical events led the New York Times Magazine to comment in a profile, quote, There is a temptation when you are around George Friedman to treat him like a magic eight ball, end quote. In the next decade, Friedman argues... How the U.S. administrations of the 2010s will need to create regional power balances, some of which have been uh, disturbed. Friedman conceptualizes successful U.S. management of world fairs not by directly enforcing countries, but by creating competing relationships which offset one another in the world's different regions. For example, in the past, Iraq balanced Iran, and currently Japan balances China. Friedman asserts that... Uh, Friedman asserts this is the decade where the U.S. as a power must mature to manage its power and balance as an unintended empire and republic. Friedman's latest book was released in 2020 by Doubleday. While originally scheduled to be released in 2018, it was delayed six times before being released in 2020. The working title was The New American Century, Crisis, Endurance, and the Future of the United States, but has subsequently been changed to The Storm Before the Calm, America's Discord, The Coming Crisis of the 2020s, and The Triumph Beyond. All right, so he lives in Austin, Texas. And then finally, on this panel here, we have Pippa Mal- uh, Malmgren. And so we will just call her uh, Pippa, folks. And so uh, Philippa Pippa Malgram is an American technology entrepreneur and economist. She served as special assistant to the president of the United States, George W. Bush, It's good to be here (laughs) for economic policy on the National Economic Council and is a former member of the U.S. President's Working Group on Financial Markets and the President's Working Group on Corporate Governance. She wrote the dissertation, quote, economic statecraft, end quote, United States anti-dumping, and countervailing duty policy to obtain her Ph.D. in international relations from the London School of Economics in 1991 and was the commencement speaker at LSE in 2013 and 2016. Miss Malgram is, quote, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, as they all are, uh, the Institute for International Strategic Security and the Royal Geographical Society end quote she is a senior partner to the monaco foundry and avonhurst and senior associate fellow of russey Dr. Malgram is the author of Geopolitics for Investors, Signals How Everyday Signs Help Us Navigate the World's Turbulent Economy. The Leadership Lab winner of the 2019 Business Book of the Year Award and the Infinite Leader winner of the 2021 International Press Award for the Best Book on Leadership. She has been credited with the first usage of the term uh, shrinkflation. Her father is Harold Malgram, who has served as a senior aide to U.S. Presidents John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, Richard Nixon, and Gerald Ford. So her father was one of those that spans across political parties, folks. So this is your panel here. This is your panel at the World Government Summit panel discussion with the title Are We Ready for a New World? order and we will be reviewing that ladies and gentlemen so now you know all the characters we have becky hosting the event we have uh our or sorry anwar we have fred we have george and we have HIPAA, ladies and gentlemen. So let's jump into this right now. We're going to start this off. This is fairly short and I think that part of this is missing, but I went through the whole internet, ladies and gentlemen. I scoured the entire internet for weeks and months and uh, I could not find a longer version of this. It's uh, 27 minutes and it seems like when Becky from CNN, the moderator, asked the first question. It seems like there's stuff missing before. But this is the official video released by World Government Summit on their website and their YouTube account. You cannot find another version of this. So I did not edit this. As you know, I like to show videos in full here because one, I want you to understand we are not editing this stuff out of context. I'm not cherry picking certain parts of a speech and then trying to twist and turn them into my own narrative. I'm showing you the entire uh, panel discussions and white papers and articles and I try to break those down and analyze them from our perspective uh, based on all the other research we've done in the and tying the dots together, and then creating and painting a larger picture for you. So when I find these videos, or people send me clips, I go look for the full video, and I try to get the original source, and then I analyze the entire video for you. Because there's also so many nuggets, so many breadcrumbs embedded in this that people miss. I've seen people do a great podcast. They pull one quote out of a World Economic Forum panel discussion on something creepy like... Uh, I don't know, the Nokia CEO talking about putting cell phone devices under people's skin. But then when you watch the other 49 minutes, there's 100 things that are scarier than that. And so I don't like to do that, folks. I like to show you everything, everything that comes out of these speeches so we're going to review this momentarily this is the world government summit and the name of this panel discussion is are we ready for a new world order and that's a question you need to think about over the break folks are you ready for a new world order have we already had a world order are we under a world order is this a worldwide technocracy are we underneath a worldwide technate Those are all the questions you should ask yourself before you listen to this panel of international criminals. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. More listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.